listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. To the Batman Universe commentaries, where once again we were taking a look at Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Uh, my name is Donovan, and usually, or at least the last few times, I was joined by Chris Johnson when talking about this animated series. But for today, or tonight, depending on how or when you're listening to this, I brought in an old friend who you may have heard on the Superman Batman Apocalypse commentary and the Dark Knight Returns Part Two commentary. Welcome back once again, Mr. Michael Bailey. Hey, Don. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, so tonight, uh, for this one, this is a bit of a special commentary that, like, The Brave and the Bold typically being a very fun action comedy series, uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the darkest and bleakest episode that they've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chill of the Night. Um, there's interesting things to talk about for this episode. There's, there's tons of interesting things to talk about this episode. Um... This is somewhat based on, or at least uh, loosely is, uh, based on, Batman number 47, which was originally printed in, uh, what year was it? I got it right here. Uh, 1948. Um, and essentially, the, the, like, the idea is that Batman's finally confronting the man who killed his parents. Um, going into this episode, Mike, what are your thoughts? Actually, real quick, I... Um, I know you've said this on other shows before, but what is your experience with Batman the Raven the Bold? Uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm a convert, really, uh, in, in all honesty. When it first came on, I was kind of at the my the height of my being mad at everything. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was a dark time uh, before uh, before the Empire, essentially, <laughs> and and before I walked away from com- like new comics altogether for like nine months and realize that you know this is supposed to be fun mm-hmm. so uh i'm not going to be you know so angry about everything but i would watch like like my wife and i uh, and my wife is kind of my barometer for these things uh my wife and i would watch episodes and like i would like like three in a row and then one would come along and i'm like oh god they're using Buana beasts normal <laughs> powers that's so stupid <laughs> but last year uh, thanks to Netflix, because the entire series finally came to Netflix, and I was kind of waiting till the final entire series because for a while they like went up to the first part of the Starro two-parter, and that's just where they stopped. Oh yeah, and I'm like, no, we're not going to have any more. Sorry, uh, I hope you haven't gotten this far because you're going to be disappointed. But we made our way through the uh, the first and most of the second season, and mm-hmm. I fell in love with the show because. I think you know. I was, I was talking about this with Stella because we did a couple episodes of the series uh, on her show. Batman is a very elastic character. Uh, yes. A lot of people want to pigeonhole him into either you know the the seventies rock god Morrison, as Morrison would describe him, Batman, or the animated series or the Nolan Batman. And really, they all work. You know, it just it just depends on what you like best. And Brave and the Bold just embraced not only a more kind of 
Silver Agey type Batman, but also like the DC universe as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because they were introducing characters on this show that had never seen animated uh, you know, animation before. Commandy, you know, like you know, who would have thought about Commandy? I mean, Enemy Ace, Amazing Man. I mean, these are people that I knew of because of being familiar with DC and, and, and reading through Who's Who too much when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just absolutely just fell in love with what this show was all about. And the one, uh, the, the two I chose to talk about tonight, uh, the first one especially, Chill of the Night, I think is one of the more definitive episodes because it's very much against type. It's like that in the last season of the Super Friends, when it was Galactic Guardians, mm-hmm. uh, they did a Batman episode focused on Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, no trauma, yeah. And it was darker than anything they had ever done. <laughs> and it's kind of funny that when you deal with Batman's origin, that's when the normally light and fluffy version of Batman that you're portraying goes, oh, God, everything just got... <laughs> So that, that that's pretty much my story. I I came in late, but thanks to uh, thanks to uh, Netflix, I have managed to catch up on it. Very awesome. No, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I didn't jump on it right when it came out, but eventually I was kind of sucked in like a magnet. Um, now uh, the uh, just before we get started, like the whole idea of the killer of Batman's parents. Uh, this version, and we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll elaborate a bit more. Is a very like uh, specific version because mm-hmm. if you if you pay attention to like other animated series, either they don't really deal with it, like the animates like Batman the animated series or the Batman, or it's done kind of abstractly, or if it's if it's even referenced or mentioned. This one is is, is specific in how they name the killer and they expound upon the background of the killing of the Waynes in terms of, in terms of the whole conspiracy of it, and that's not exactly. This isn't the this isn't the first time that that's been done. Do you want to talk about like sort of where that idea of the conspiracy to kill Thomas and Martha Wayne kind of came from, and how they adapted in this episode? Well, it, it's interesting because it adapts two stories and not yes. just one. I mean, it it, it it barely touches on one. But in uh, like you said, in 1948, in Batman number 47, you had the origin of Batman, where they did the four reels uh, version, and I think it's kind of interesting. It was written by Bill Finger. And that same year, Bill Finger did the same thing for Superman. Oh, okay, he cool. Wrote, he wrote the first Superman in comic book origin for Superman. Because before that, Superman's origin had been told almost exclusively outside of the comics. Uh, in, in the comic strips and the novels and, and a bunch of other stuff. Are you talking about like the whole like Jor-El and the Science Council thing? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so, he writes this great story where Batman confirms uh, there, there, there's a lot of really interesting aspects to it. Uh, there is a, a, a riverboat casino scene, uh, <laughs> which can only be really done in the 40s because I don't think that's a thing anymore. Uh, but, but then at the end of that story, he's like, I confronted my, I, I confronted my parents' killer. Case closed, and I think he literally writes "case closed" in a uh, in a notebook. And then about eight years later, in Detective Comics number two thirty five. Uh, Bill Finger revisited the concept with the first Batman, where we find, surprise, Joe Chill was actually a hired gun. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne's father dressed in a very Batman-like costume uh, in the um, 
before, uh, around the time he was killed at a party, and he gets involved with this uh, mobster named Lou Moxon, and he testifies against Moxon, and it was Moxon, actually, who hired Joe Chill to kill his parents. And uh, the, the interesting thing is that both stories pretty much end the exact same way with the, the killer basically dying. <laughs> I know. I was telling my brother that, like, like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I guess that kind of works because you don't want, like a, a, like, a, like, a known criminal underworld figure to know that Bruce Wayne's Batman. But it's just kind of funny. It's just like, I have spent all this time trying to find my parents' killer, and now I found him. And he's dead. <laughs> well, that was not as satisfying as I thought it was going to be. Case closed. <laughs> well, we'll talk about like 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 what happens to Joe Chill, but I, I'm I'm especially uh, delighted by the way Lou Moxon goes out. He's like, oh no, it's it's Thomas Wayne. Runs into the street. Well, that's the end of him. <laughs> Within seconds, <laughs> it's like ah, karma. You're useful again. And, and and this was you know this was his origin until after the crisis, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it was it was in the uh, Untold Legend of the Batman miniseries, one of the best mini Batman miniseries ever. Oh yeah, uh, to distill all of the separate pieces of his origin into one story. And after the crisis, you know, Joe Chill was basically the sole killer. Lou Moxon was kind of forgotten until right around Ed Brubaker's run. He brought Moxon back in. Oh yeah, I had a fair about that. Yeah, he did, uh, didn't he? And and had Moxon's daughter as kind of a love interest, or at least you know, a hinting of a love interest at Bruce. But that you know, but but for the longest time, he was ignored because after Zero Hour, they got rid of Joe Chill altogether. Mm-hmm. He wasn't uh, sure who who killed him. And I never liked that. Um, <laughs> and I never liked it because their reasoning was once Batman finds who kills his parents, he's going to stop being Batman, and it's just like. That's one theory, but I don't think you would spend all that time and training to do this and set up this operation where you're, you know, yeah, it's kind of about making sure that no one, you know, getting back for my parents getting killed, but I'm kind of protecting an entire city here. So Yeah, Bale. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. But, uh, but no, but it, but it, but it kind of bothered me that they went in that direction, and then after an infinite crisis uh, number seven, I believe it was Joe Chill killed his parents, so that was kind of brought back into it, and they even kind of touch on the whole uh, Bruce Wayne, I mean uh, Thomas Wayne, Lou Moxon thing in the novel Wayne of Gotham. Uh, oh, okay. okay. That uh, graphic audio recently adapted, which I cannot recommend enough. It's a fan. It's like. What if the Dark Knight Returns wasn't as depressing? Because <laughs> it's an older Batman facing up past, and he's like in his fifties, basically. But it's not, you know, him in Wayne Manor and then becoming Batman again. It's uh, but but the 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 novel also deals with Thomas Wayne and how he and Martha met, and Martha in that story was actually dating Lou Moxon. Oh, interesting. So it's a really interesting book. I cannot recommend it enough. Either read the book or, or, or better yet, find the graphic audio adaptation because it's fantastic. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I actually, I, I, I remember in Infinite Crisis uh, when they changed it back to like Joe Chill. I think they actually had him arrested, like, like kind of like Batman Begins did. 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting that they've done that before. I'm not sure if anybody noticed, and I think maybe in New 52 they changed it again. Um, personally, I do like the idea that Batman's the killer of Batman's parents was never caught, but I do, I do I agree with you in that like it invites the idea that he's secretly searching for his, the killer of his parents. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of a fan of the idea that like it, a random guy killed his parents. He became he becomes Batman to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. Rather, and like you know, we don't really talk about it, <laughs> but but there is certain there is an appeal to the Lou Mox and Joe Chill conspiracy because which I, which I was happy that like this cartoon, which is so Silver Age and so Bronze Age that they, they did adapt that version because it introduces this facet of Batman's history that is really forgotten and kind of like done away with. So um, I'm not too much. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of hypocritical in that way. Well, I know. I mean, you know, both ways work. I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong to say that Bruce Wayne never caught his his parents' killer. Thing, thing. Like he's a. It's it's always in the back of his mind. The next guy I take down could be the guy that uh, that I killed. And and I love in 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 the the origin of Batman. There's this whole really kind of freaky, especially uh, with the artwork, like. Bruce Wayne staring and they like have like a whole panel of just the dude's eyes and basically yeah. Bruce Joe Chill gets weirded out by Bruce Wayne staring at him which is kind of funny to me um, like, like the kid Bruce Wayne like the young one yeah the kid Bruce Wayne is just like <laughs> man stop stop staring at him it's, it's almost it's a miracle he just didn't shoot the kid too <laughs> come on it's not like kills her parents or anything come on give me a break <laughs> but you know, the way they handled it in Batman Begins, I thought kind of worked because... I agree, yeah. You know, he conf- he goes to confront Chill, but doesn't, and Chill ends up getting killed anyways. And in the New 52, if I'm remembering the Zero issues... Yeah. Like, like Bruce Wayne wanted it to be this big conspiracy, but it turned out, nah, I was just some random mugger. And your parents died for nothing, and that was kind of like this soul-shattering thing for him. I think they did that too in um, Batman Earth Two, like the graphic novel that Jeff Johns and Gary Frank did. Like uh, he thinks it's some big conspiracy with like the Penguin, but like by the end of the book, he realizes it was just a random mugging. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting. yeah. It's just also an interesting take on Batman. It's just like you know, I thought we had gotten this realistic you know, Batman out of our system. But thank you, Jeff Johns. For I, th- I thought it was just like Jeff Johns' way of like showing how much. I don't want to get Jeff Johns tangent, but he is Mr. Silver Age with the Flash and Green Lantern. His take on Batman is to everyone say that he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> That's another conversation another day. Um, uh, anything else you want to mention before we start watching the episode? Um, if you guys can track down these issues, read them because right. they're 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 actually really fun. I read them in the greatest Batman stories ever told. I said, uh, yeah, I, I have that trade right in my hands right now, which is uh, not a print. And uh, I got that back in 1990 when I was like 14 years old, and my dad got <laughs> my dad was sitting there buying presents for my sisters for Valentine's Day. He's like, "You want something?" I go, "Can I have that Batman book?" He's like, <laughs> "Sure." <laughs> so <laughs> it was a Valentine's present because nothing says Valentine's Day uh, like a uh, the death creature of the, of the night whose uh, parents were killed in front of him. Um, <laughs> But uh, the way they actually situated in the book is that they have the origin of Batman, and then like four stories later, you read the first Batman, and it's it's really kind of cool when you read it all in order. It's, you feel like you're learning it as they learned it back in the 40s and 50s. So definitely, definitely. 
Um, all right. So without further ado, we shall start Chill of the Night. Um, we are going to just jump right into it. Uh, on a count of three, I'll count down three, two, one, and then press, say the word play. That's when you press play, and you can watch Batman the Brave and the Bold along with us. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. I love these pre-credit sequences. Uh, it's like getting your getting a little mini story before the real story. I agree. It's because they also, like you mentioned before, introduced, especially as they got on with their show, more like uh, DC characters and DC heroes and villains. Well, here you have a Flash villain in Abracadabra, who I don't think has ever been animated before or since. I mean, there's a chance we'll see him in the Flash series that's on right now. There's a big and, chance in the series, yeah. And, and I and I actually expected that the the hero would be the Flash, but it's just like wow, having Zatanna, the magic hero, go up against the magic villain. Even though Abracadabra doesn't use magic, he's just from the 64th century, so everything he does is through science. But to our primitive minds, it seems like magic. So. See that I did not know. So this is why <laughs> this is why you're called the professor. Well, I mean. <laughs> I knew the answer that I figured out who wrote this episode that it would be Zatanna. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my Paul Dini. He married Zatanna, for crying out loud. So. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I really... Uh, this one in particular, because you wouldn't really expect Batman to fight Abracadabra. You know, you know it's kind of funny. Somebody actually asked me, and I forget who I was talking to, but uh, they were kind of new to the DC universe. They're like... Why do the villains only fight specific heroes? Like, why doesn't, you know, the, the Flash's villains go to Gotham? And I'm like, you know what happened, like, every once in a while. But, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, everyone was kind of, like, focused on their one hero. But to a certain... <laughs> I love them tying Batman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and doing the down. Houdini thing. But, uh, but basically, you know, it, it, it was... It, it's like you had... They, the villains had dibs on a hero. Uh, but the Flash's villains, in particular, were very close to him. Right. Uh, if that's a doesn't sound creepy, is it weird to hear Zatanna say the things backwards? Like you know, when you're reading it on the page, it's okay. A lot of times it happens so fast that like I, I kind of like can't keep up trying to figure out what she says. Um, I think it's a really I think it's a really cool technique that she does. That like that was, that's part of what makes her a really interesting um, character. Uh, I was going to say something about the villain. I think I think I'd mentioned like in the Batman episode he fights he fights Gorilla Grodd. I was like that's kind of interesting seeing Batman fight other people's villains. It wasn't there. There was an issue of Robin where didn't Riddler go to Keystone City and fight the Flash where Robin happened to be? And yes, yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of when you when you're mentioning that. Yeah, that was uh, during No Man's Land because uh, Riddler yeah, they- was one of the few villains that that got out of Dodge and didn't stay behind. <laughs> that did him out of here, yeah. And then uh, uh, Tim and his dad moved because the city sucked so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they moved to Keystone City and they had uh, a little crossover with Superman because they they had this whole a month where Superman guest starred in a bunch of different titles. Uh, Adam West finally gets his wish to play Thomas Wayne. Oh, was that, was that something he always wanted to do? He had t- they had like talked about it back when Batman 89 was coming out okay. uh, because he was very upset that he wasn't involved in any way. Uh, in fact, he, he told one interviewer that he cried. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, that was awesome. I, I hate to hear that, but that's but, also uh, very funny. But, but, <laughs> but to have Adam West and Julie Newmar 
as uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne. That's uh, that's cool. It's funny because this isn't the first time you saw this in the series. The scene, I think, like the murder scene, the first season. They basically said that Bruce threw a hissy fit because he didn't get the present he wanted, so his parents took him to a movie, and they got shot on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, with that uh, that toy character guy, the villain. Yeah, I remember that. Now this I'll, is right out of Detective Thirty Three. Yeah, I love I love the the verbatim uh, Golden Age scene right here. I, I, I like that was like oh word for word beautiful. Well, it's cool because you're you're getting like a very old school Batman origin with him working out with barbells and working you know doing science you know so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was hoping you would do that was, uh, and the Bob Kane costume which I love. And, and, and you know, they hinted at that before. There was a previous uh, episode where they showed him in kind of an older version of the costume. Right. He was training with the JSA. Yes, yes, which is cool. Kevin Conroy comes with and is, uh, and I think it's a really nice voice for this uh, Phantom Stranger. And Mark Hamill makes a very effective Spectre. Yes. This. What do you? What's your opinions on these characters being brought in the story? Because this is obviously straight from the silver. No, it's not from the comic. This is, this is embellished by the uh, by the cartoons episode. It's it's an interesting framing device that basically Batman confronting the killer of his parents is a turning point for him. So you have the Phantom Stranger, uh, who, in my experience, I know this isn't the the guy's total gig, but basically for me, he was the mysteriously and help like the JLA out every once in a while uh, but he he had more of a of a thing in his own title but to cast him as kind of like the voice of reason against vengeance mm. which is the Spectre's gig oh yeah and, th- and I don't think this is the first time I, I think there wasn't a what episode was it where Batman and the Spectre were stopping rat catcher at the very beginning before the credits you know, I don't think I've seen. I've actually not seen every episode of this show. I'm not. I may have missed that episode. It's it's a fantastic scene because he's about to do. Spectre's about to do something very bad, and Batman's <laughs> like, "Don't do that." And he's like, "Okay." And Batman leaves, and then the Spectre comes back and goes, <laughs> and does his thing. Because that's the thing. He, he's like God's wrath, is he not? Like he he kills bad guys. That's that is his gig. Uh, we got Lou Mox in here, voiced uh, by Richard Mall. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like we've got all kinds of Bat reunions in this. You have the 60s Batman and Catwoman in it. You right. have the 90s Batman and Two-Face. I mean, it's fantastic. And I don't know if you noticed, but um, this uh, quote-unquote priest here is kind of modeled after that guy, Charlie Collins, from that one episode with the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit. I could see that. Yeah, it took me a while to, that. to recognize that, but that, that was also written by Paul... I forget the episode's name. Uh, but it was also written by Paul Dini and like... Uh, the little slick of hair over his head is a nice uh, flashback. It's also one of those things that I absolutely love in terms of Batman is that it's 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 a rubber mask that makes absolutely no sense. But you know, you just go with it because it's it's comics. You know, Batman, because comics. But, yeah, because comics. That's my thing lately. Because comics. That's how I explain most things when they don't make any sense in a story. You know, it doesn't make any sense that Batman with his pointy ears, no matter how small <laughs> they are, that they're going to hide under a mask like that. But you just go with it. It's like when you see Batman injured and he has the uh, me- the medical wrappings over his costume. Yeah. <laughs> There's a golden age story where that happens. I remember that exactly. Uh, it, but this is a n- nice way... To- 
story. And what I like as a version of uh, of like kind of compiling those two uh, Golden Age stories together is that it's it's now one fluid story. It's not oh we're telling one part and oh oh, oh by the way there's something we didn't tell you before. So this is so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean just 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 uh, Diedrich Bader. Yeah, yeah. Especially after listening to his interview with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have such respect for him as the Batman now because uh, it, it really seemed like he appreciated what the character he was playing and this was one of those episodes that really got to him because he says in the interview with Kevin Smith he's like this is Batman confronting the man that has made who, him who he is right. and there's a lot of power in that and that's why compared to other episodes this is really freaking dark well yeah like, like it, it's not dark for dark's sake it's like this this ha- batman you know in, as as much of a malleable character as he can be and is he does come from a dark origin and when you confront that you have to treat it appropriately yeah i mean it's just it, it, he's a great character because you can do like the brave and the bold type stories where you know you don't really talk about what happened in the past and it's just fun because it's a guy in a Batman co- in a bat costume beating up bad guys. I mean, if you notice in this episode, his, his costume's darker throughout the entire thing. Everything's so, darker about this episode. <laughs> the, light, the lighting in this nightclub is uh, much Hellish. darker than they usually do. So, uh, and we've got our obligatory fight scene, which the action in this series as a whole is always good. I was about to say, like, like, like one thing that they've really done is like, they found a way to animate and master splash page like like like, like knockout scenes because mm-hmm. like whenever like people hit each other like this this the the screen trembles with energy it's, it's cool. batman's holding this dude over a pit of fire i mean he's not james bond style <laughs> oh <laughs> batman has oh. had enough of your guff he really has <laughs> i have all uh, and, and it's because Peter Bader plays Batman. He's like the straight man in kind of a zany world in this cartoon, but like mm-hmm. he like there's no adjustment you need to have with, with his voice and his character. Like he's he's Batman. Like like when it when it when it gets when it, when the things when going gets rough, you know, he gets rougher. Well, he he goes to a lot of dark places in this episode too because they toyed, you know, they would every once in a while show like images of the Waynes getting killed in the Kevin Conroy series, but Conroy never really, yeah, he never really had to deal with the out and out origin. Uh, this you never is, had to like, relive it. Yeah, this is great. Him getting trans- <laughs> transported to the past, and they animate that costume. I know, <laughs> right out of the comics. It's so beautiful. <laughs> My jaw. Jo- Every time they do this in the show, like that kind of like like kind of nod, my jaw drops because the way that like those wings are, uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's the exact same. <laughs> Sweet, but it, it's kind of it's very sad too because Batman's getting to kind of interact uh, with his parents and did this happen? Did this not happen? Because th- this is this is the only criticism I will really have. Like negative criticism is like he says you can't interact. You know. Nothing you can do will change anything, but we're going to let you talk to him anyways. I mean, it's just like, okay, that's that's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, you know, good firm handshake with dad, and then gets a little too friendly with mom, so. <laughs> I, I, I like the uh, the name Matthew Malone. It's like, it's like, it's not matches, it's, you know, Matthew. It's kind of cool. Um, Malone is one of those great side things of Batman anyways, so. 
Oh, definitely. One thing that, like, uh, from the original Lumoxon story that I always thought was really strange, that this... Like, they show young Bruce seeing his, his father's costume, and then they say ten years later, Moxon got out and swore revenge to Thomas Wayne's face. It's like, wait, how old is Bruce Wayne again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made no sense. Well, is that Harvey Birdman in the background of that one shot? <laughs> but uh-huh. I, I think I think Adam West was the perfect choice to play uh, Thomas Wayne in this. It, um, it's a nice nod, and... Anytime, you know, it's like when he was the Grey Ghost, it was fantastic. So, oh my God, I love this line so much. <laughs> the <laughs> it's it's total fan wink, but it's it's terrific. Well, you know, sometimes chum. those work. I mean, if 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 it's made like organically part of the story, which it, it, you know it really wasn't this one. I, I think you know it's not like. You know, this isn't me overly criticizing the first episode of Gotham, but some of that was like, "Hey, by the way, this is Poison Ivy." Oh yeah, Did yeah, we yeah. Mention it was Poison Ivy. <laughs> well, it's just the idea that for some reason Thomas Wayne has impeccable aim just because he's awesome. <laughs> but uh, Mark Hamill really goes to some interesting areas of his vocal range with the Spectre. I was watching this with my brother because he'd never seen it, and he—I had to tell him that it was Mark Hamill. He didn't did not realize it and I don't think I realized it until later on either yeah it's kind of funny he does a similar voice uh, recently I was watching Grat Falls uh, which is a Disney cartoon with my with my wife and one of the characters showed up I'm like is that Mark Hamill and I'm like really listening you know doing that thing where I'm not watching the screen but like putting my ear closer to it as if that's going to magically reveal who is you know <laughs> the voice uh, but it's 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 great to see him kind of still involved with the you know with the Batman legacy universe yeah. even even when he's only doing things like video games you know and even at this point he's is is he still retired or did he come out of retirement for I I believe he is as far as I'm aware but I could be wrong on that you know they had that rumor a while back that they were going to do Killing Joke uh, and he would come out of retirement for that but uh, yeah he, I know he wanted to like a Killing Joke like a uh, audio play. But uh, <laughs> he was even the Joker and on a Warner Audio production back in the '90s. Yeah, he killed Jason Todd. I, I heard that. <laughs> that was really, really cool. The uh, Batman being a, a phantom while seeing, you know, the, the basically how easy it was for Chill to decide to kill the Waynes. And Moxon's like, whatever. He watches Pilot. Yeah, he washes his hands of this. And it's just, that's, one, it's very dramatic, but on the other hand, it, it it's like you're having your case, not a random killing, but to these people, it was still very easy to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it was part of Cho Chill's job. I kill people for Lumoxin. That's my gig. And to Batman, it's why he is Batman. So it's just... Uh, I really love the Batcave in this series. I was just about to say that. Too. <laughs> I, I, like, there's something about like the, like the brown Batcave that I enjoy because it makes you see everything around there. Oh, that's I mean, good. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's very 40s and 50s with all of the trophies, but you have like that amazing supercomputer in the middle, and and I really have grown to like the Batmobile from this series. As well. well, his tech has a lot of like red lining in it, which I think is kind of kind of visually interesting. Yeah, it's a callback to the uh, to the '60s Batmobile. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, and you know, Alex Ross drew that as the armored Batman and the Justice maxi series. Yeah, that's right. He did. I like the fact that like, for, like conveniently, his Rose Gallery. Well, it's, it's Gotham City, but like. Okay, I don't know if this is an out-and-out reference, but Joe Chill is selling a Sonic Disruptor. Sonic Disruptors was a miniseries that DC published in, like, 1987, which was the United States military versus the United States of rock in this future setting. And it is the only miniseries DC has ever published that never got finished. They never published the final issues. It did that badly. I never heard of that. So when he said Sonic Disruptor, I was uh, a little yellow bat on the smoke bomb. Um, So when he said Sonic Disruptor, I didn't know if that was an on-purpose thing or if they just named it that randomly. uh, This is one of my favorite jokers of all time, too. You know what? Even when I wasn't really hot on this series, I really liked how they did the Joker. Like, uh, like they kind of made him perfect, really. I mean, he he he's not Mark Hamill, and that's fine because I'm not one of these people that thinks Mark Hamill is the only person that could be the Joker. I mean, he's a great right. Joker, right? Right. Wrong. Uh, I just like the fact that you get to see all of the villains in kind of a random scene. It's not a Two Face story. It's not a Poison Ivy story. It's not a Joker story. And I love their version of Solomon Grundy as a gangster. This scene right here, I might just like just gasp over and over oh it's 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 just perfect it is the perfect oh. representation of this scene uh like, like, it's, it's, like, like it's, it's there's no lights on it he's in the shadow he's using his fisticuffs i i i, I have to be honest because like we're going to be building up to like the unmasking but um i'm not a very emotional guy i'm not i don't really cry at movies and stuff i don't really do that often but i literally like welled up when he unmasked and says, I'm Bruce Wayne, because for one thing, we never seen Bruce Wayne in this series. Like, we never saw his face, which made it all the more impactful. But, like, what like, like what Dieter, Dieter Bader said, like, this is him confronting the guy who changed his life, like, right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Oh. And the his reaction is great, too. <laughs> yeah, the expression doesn't change from the mask going off, but it's just, like, now it's personal. Now the mask is off, and it's not Batman beating you; it's Bruce Wayne. Right. It's like how like the uh, uh, back in black when Spider Man came in. Yeah. Way. Oh yeah, that was. I was like, like Jill was like, it's like, no, oh no, I gotta get out of here as fast as possible. And he doesn't. And, and that's the funny thing is, is that when Joe Chill, I love it in the comic, and I love it here when he puts it two and two together, <laughs> like what he did, it's just like. Oh God! Oh, man. oh, oh, geez! Oh. But, but here is like an important thing about who Batman is: is that you know he's making the choice now. He could, you know, and they don't implicitly say it. Yeah. But Batman was Bruce Wayne was thinking of killing this guy. Yeah, like this is the man that killed my parents. I'm gonna take him out, and the the specters, you know, like you know, like going, yeah, do it, do it. But this so is like the angel and the devil on his shoulder. And even the, the original story was done before the comics code, I believe. And like he didn't even try to kill him then; he just he just prompts to haunt him like a ghost. This is the part where like <laughs> the original story had, was a bit more funny, and like the brutality of the the monsters. Oh yeah, the monsters just gun him down. Like, <laughs> you did what? But I, I, I just love the Joker being the one. Like he's so sinister here. 
Like he's just like, wait a second, you're the one who created Batman. <laughs> the mob mentality is, is is like Simpsons level. Yeah. <laughs> Poison Ivy was like, it's your fault that Batman's always on my ass. <laughs> but yeah, there. <laughs> this guy just got beaten by Batman, and now. And Joker's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're still here. <laughs> That's why I like, like Jeff Glenn Bennett's Joker's is terrific. He's great, and the design is fantastic as well. Yes, I love the the kind of long tails coat that he's. All the wearing. villains are great. Like, I love like the, like I forgot that Two Face used to look like that before the animated series, like the, the yeah. orange and purple. <laughs> and and it brought me back. Like it, it made me all happy to see it. It's like oh, that's old school Two Face. Yeah. It's like you know, kind of green and not like you know, Telly Savalas. So. And even though it wasn't the kind of embellished on for the show, like Poison Ivy, I thought it was a really nice Ivy design with like the kind of dress that she's wearing. Well, yeah, it, you know, and, and for a children's cartoon, I hope people will excuse me saying this, it's sexy without being, you know, like nowadays where if we're going to show Poison Ivy, she's just going to be wearing vines around her naughty bits. It's not exploitative, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's elegant and and attractive at the same time. Whoops. And Man, you just stood in the wrong place at the wrong time. My leg! <laughs> but, you know, to, to his credit, Batman's kind of trying to save him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably just trying to spit on him, but <laughs> yeah, he's just like I'm. But no, I always time with one last goodbye. <laughs> but no, Chill has like his little moment of reckoning here too, and it's uh, which is it's, nice. It's it makes everything. It, it's a good ending to the story, basically, where it's not just him dying with Batman, him never saying anything to Batman again. Uh he understands like 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 his 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 involvement like a, a huge situation kind of recognizes it. Yeah, Conroy, like you said, does a great Phantom Stranger. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not really his Batman voice; it's sort of a normal, calm voice. But that's a perfect voice for that kind of character. And I love the the, the Spectre's like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> with the green skulls, uh, creepy. Uh, I mean, the way that they use those characters, I thought was like, Mwah. like just man, these like like you say, these guys. It's not just Batman that's celebrating. They're they're celebrating DC Comics and like they're celebrating it. And like, I mean, I love the animated series. I love Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. But this this honestly gives them a run for their money in terms of how how they celebrate this company of these characters. Showing as many characters as they did, I'll agree with that. I, I you know I also I really want to to see like Alfred having to order all these glass cases. <laughs> like, like, like he gets on the phone and it's just like, yeah, Acme Glass Case Company. Yeah, we need another one. No, I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> another Robin died, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> another Robin's been <laughs> Well, there was Stephanie and then she was alive. And then Damien, well, then he might be coming oh, back. She never got one. Remember, that was a thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 oh, don't worry, Tim. That's, that's still on layaway. And, and 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 then and then as soon as she comes back, no one says anything. So it's just like, oh, okay. Well, the, the, I remember Dixon. This is off topic. Dixon had like uh, Batman say, well, "Well, well, of course I knew she was alive. Why do you think I ever had a, a memorial case for her?" Readers, wink, wink. Like, huh? Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are at the end of the episode now. Uh, any final remarks you'd like to talk about? Chill of the night. My favorite episode of this entire uh, series. Really. Uh, uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, there are episodes that I love mm-hmm. of this show. Uh, you know, from the from the silly of Batman on Warworld with Jonah Hex to <laughs> awesome. uh, to the one that I talked about with Stella, where you had Sherlock Holmes and the Demon and him in the Gotham by Gaslight costume. Oh yes. Uh, but this one, 
it's the most it's the most pure episode Batman episode of the series because while the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger are there, it's not him teaming up with them. They are part of the story. They're doing what they do, and he does what he does. But it's not like Batman tem- teaming up with Aquaman to find Joe Chill. It's not him teaming up with Blue <laughs> Beetle or Firestorm or that, or, or even Green Arrow. Uh, you know, his little brigade of heroes. You know, it's it's him on his own. So I think much, <laughs> that's kind of like the original story because, like, even like, like what was a rare for the time in this in the Golden Age of Silver Age. He told Robin, "Stay home. I'm doing this alone." Yeah. And he does. Yeah, and and. This is going to be a weird comparison, but it's kind of like Friday the 13th Part 3. <laughs> it's a weird comparison. <laughs> it, it is, be- and the only reason I say that is Friday the 13th Part 3 is the only movie where Jason is human oh, and right. has the hockey mask. So, in a way, even though it's the 3D movie where everyone makes fun of because the 3D effects were really stupid, uh, but... It's not zombie Jason, you know, unstoppable killing machine. It's a human guy wearing the iconic image of Jason Voorhees. So here you have it's Batman and his rogues gallery and him, and it's all about him and not him teaming up with somebody else. Mm, okay, I, you know, I, I, I never looked at it through that lens, but you, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's definitely like you know when you think of Batman, you tend to think of this kind of thing. At least, at least, at least I do. Um, I mean, I have no, I have no problem, like you know, assimilating Batman with like how he typically is throughout the series, uh, in lighter situations. But like this is like, uh, you know, him investigating, him like you know doing like a, a reconnaissance, and you know, uh, the whole dressing up as somebody else kind of thing, which I love as well. I, I agree with you on that one. Him beating the crap out of everyone he sees. <laughs> the only way it could have been a little cooler is if he had disguised himself as Matches Malone to get into that nightclub. I mean, that's, that's true. Although we do see Matches Malone in the series, uh, uh, I think it was with the uh, I think it was with the Metal Men. He yeah. did so, which was which is awesome. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like that was uh, this. You know, I, I'm. It's between this one and the Batmite episode, and I think. Uh, the uh, the one episode they did with like Dick was Batman, Demon was Robin, those are kind of like you know in the com- competition for my favorite episode. But this is th- th- this is easily in the converse that kind of conversation for the that ranking. It's well, it's uh, good. It's great. The the Batmite episode was just great because it was the again like I was saying before. I normally don't like this, but it was the series creators going, "Hey, everybody, calm down, <laughs> seriously." Batman's got a lot of rich history here, so and and to have uh, Paul Rubens as Batman is just brilliant on its own. So, pretty much every episode, every episode he was in, I loved from that one to Emperor Joker to like the, the spoilers season finale, series finale. Yeah, it's better than the the nineteen seventy nine filmation series where I wanted Batman to die. Uh, I know Stella's covering that on BTO, and she uh she showed me one of her episodes. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I couldn't do uh, it. It was filmation, and you just had to go with it. That's how they did their shows. So, uh, it, it, so I, was, I actually kind of like the like the 68 filmation cartoon, because uh, they had those cassettes that my brother and I would watch. But like when they when they had Adam West and Burt Ward voice the characters, and like, you know, their scrappy dude, but Batmite, hopping around, ruining everything. <laughs> I was just like, no, please, no. And now you can get that entire 68 series on DVD, because they just released it. Thank you, God. Um, so this was... 
Chill of the Night. Uh, Mike's going to join me for another uh, commentary, which you can download summarily after this. But um, for the Batman universe, from the commentaries, uh, this is Donovan, and this was Michael Bailey, and we shall see you guys on the next episode. Take care. started you off as Batman. Those other mugs made me pay. Uh, yeah, I, I... I guess you got me, after all. <laughs> <laughs>